Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hi, and welcome to The Stew. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and so make it a good one by listening to uplifting stories, learning a little something, meeting some amazing women from all over the world. And today, Ann Fanganello is in the house. Welcome to The Stew, friend. Hey, 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 Ann Fanganello in the house. I like the way you introduced me, Betsy. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I stalked you because when I met you years ago, I just loved you. And you know, I came to your basement. I saw your fashion design studio. I fell in love with the black jacket. I still talk about the black jacket. I held it in my heart until the last couple of years when I finally found you again. And, um, and I'm so happy to connect with you today. And thank you for being on the, the show. Absolutely. I'm always happy to talk with you. We have the best conversations. <laughs> we certainly do. And today, this is one of our Boost Power podcasts that were focused on authors that are in The Stew. And The Stew is a compilation art and insight book. It's about 200 pages with 60 plus women authors. And it's called For Women for to uplift and inspire the world by women to uplift and inspire the world. And so we are so thankful that you're part of the stew and that you're able to tell your story, you know, with a lens of how does your story help someone else live their best life? Well, I'm honored to be included with this group of women. Um, I can't wait to get to read everyone's stories, but just going through the process of writing my portion was uplifting to me. Um, you know, I am here to inspire others and help others reach their dreams. I have gone through an, a very exciting roller coaster life with ups and downs and power and, uh, you know, weakness. And I'm um, all about taking every part of your life and whether you're, you know, down in the dumps or up in the air, you know, everything creates who we are. And being a part of the stew, it just shows all these different women's stories and different ways of living life to create a better world and inspire other women to be powerful, live your dreams, strive, and, you know, eventually succeed. Well, you definitely have done all of the above, <laughs> lived your dreams, <laughs> been very powerful, strived, and also gone through, you know, some um, deep, dark doo-doo, as I would call it. Um, <laughs> so I want to get into that a little bit. And, and the, the first statement, I just, you know, thank you for sharing your story, because I think many of us that go through things in life think, oh, I'm the only one. Oh, I went through this. Oh, no. And, um, and we're going to talk about, you know, your journey not only through fashion, but through some personal health crisis and you know how you came through that. So tell everybody a little bit of background about what's a nice girl like you doing in the fashion industry, right? Um, and I can just, just throw in a little personal attestment that there's always something Anna's designed on my body um, in my waking hours. It's usually a skirt. It's a darling matching top. It could be a mask during uh, COVID, but there's something of Anne that I usually sport. And, um, and I really appreciate the love I feel in my clothing. So tell everybody a little bit about your path. Well, there's a lot of love that's put into my clothing. Um, the whole reason I do what I do is for exactly what you're saying. I think that what we put on our bodies 
creates um, a type of an armor. We go through life, but by wearing a color that makes us happy, by having clothing that fits our bodies well, that gives us confidence to walk out into the world and show who we are. So whether your favorite color is olive green or apple green or Kelly green, you know, putting something on creates um, your image as you put it out to another person. And so I started out really young. I started designing things when I was 13 years old and never stopped. And um, putting clothing onto other people's bodies, helping them to see their strengths. You know, one of the things I do with a customer every time I work with them is I say, what's your favorite part of your body? We're all about talking about, oh, you know, I don't like my butt. My thighs are too big. I'm too short. I'm too tall. Uh, You know, there's all sorts of things we can complain about, but what do you love? What do you love about yourself? And, you know, maybe it's the color of your eyes. Maybe it's the fact that you have a beautiful smile. And, but in general, we can get it down to, boy, I really like my legs. My legs are nice. And so working with people in their bodies and their colors and what makes them happy is where I always start with customers because all of a sudden you can start getting this, again, this armor that you can put around yourself so that when you walk into a situation where you might have a little discomfort, you might feel a little weak, you've got power in your own presence and what you bring into the room with who you are. Well, where did you go? So remind me and tell all of our listeners, where did you go to school? Because here you were a kid, you know, already designing and you kind of had it in your heart, but where did you get your formal training? Uh, You know, as a mom of a daughter who's going off to fashion school, as you very well know, uh, tell everybody about your path. Well, I was really lucky in high school. There was a school here in Colorado that um, was kind of, it was a part of the Denver public school system. So I actually was able to take a fashion design class and a retail class to learn how to sell things in a store. And um, it was called the Career Education Center. And that was the beginning of my schooling and led me forward. You know, when I started in college, I already had a background with some pretty high quality training. Um, My costume design, I was a theater major at CU Boulder, University of Colorado in Boulder, because it was the only fashion I could find. And, um, but of course that costume design degree took me places in the middle of my CU Boulder experience. I flew off to Italy and went to the Instituto di Moda in Florence, which, you know, I cannot say enough about that experience. It, I grew so much living alone in a foreign country when I was 20. And um, so I got an associate's degree in, as a fashion designer. So I have a fashion design degree and I have a theater costume design degree. And um, I, three weeks after graduating CU Boulder, I lived in New York City. I had moved from Denver and was threw myself into the fashion world and never turned back. Wow, that is so exciting. And it's so cool, the combination of, you know, tactical on purpose, early education, and then the good adventure, the international exposure, you know, into the high, high design area, and then coming back. So you went to New York, you were starting out, and where did you land? Well, I started out, uh, I always 
liked the kind of the high fashion and the technical and the fitting of couture design. And so I started out as a fashion designer. We all want to be a fashion designer, but I really found very early on that I am a technical designer. Um, I always say that math and science drives my design as much as, you know, texture of fabric and color and the art behind it. I'm really about how do things curve around our bodies. My mother was an architect and I always kind of credit her with that architecture of the clothing. Um, so I, I worked at Victoria's Secret as a fashion designer for a while and that I worked with a lot of um, husband and wife, mother and daughter, uh, Mary Jane Marcassiano and her mother, Anna and Nanette Lepore and her husband, Bob. And so I was with Nanette Lepore for 11 years. That was really my height of everything being with her and working with, uh, with Nanette Laporte was just amazing. And, um, I was the technical designer and the production manager. And I also, uh, worked with Zach Posen. He was another person who I really worked with very closely and, you know, I could go on and just keep naming names, but my, my biggest one really was Nanette Laporte. I really adored her and we were a great team. Well, that is so so exciting. And, you know, there always has to be the wind beneath the wings, right? Like there, it's nice to be in Nanette Lepore, but you need Anne and her organizational skills and her background and her talent, you know, to make you get to be Nanette Lepore. So um, what an exciting career. So you're in New York, everything's working for you. And then what happened? Well, I assume we're talking about the big giant bomb that dropped on me at 33. I, um, was had been there so I moved to New York at um you know officially probably about 22 I move at 22 and don't come back for a long long time and um was working with all these wonderful people was high up doing fashion shows running the world I mean I loved life I Real, I worked in a job where I got paid to do what I loved to do. And I climbed the ladder. You know, I started out sewing left sleeve, left sleeve, left sleeve, and moved all the way up to the top. Um, at 33, I one day found out that I had a lump in my breast. I was like, oh, it's nothing. No, that was not true. It was everything. And my life turned around within a week to a whole nother level of work, which cancer is a very, very difficult job to have. And um, at first I kind of, um, I didn't respect the diagnosis. I was like, give me the drugs, do the surgeries, do what you've got to do. But I'm busy. I have a runway show. I've got to go out with these movie stars. And um, so I did, did the job, but I didn't totally respect what the weight that it really puts on you, um, having cancer. And um, I went through treatment for eight years. So it was no joke cancer. It was not a small cancer. It was, you know, you're going to die in three weeks cancer. And I was like, no, I'm not. No, I am not. Well, and start right there. The first medicine was your own brain and your own determination and your own will, you know, that you didn't roll over and say, okay, you've got me. You said, get out of the way, cancer, you know. I'm going to figure this out. So eight years, were you in New York with all the eight years of your treatments or how did that work? I stayed there for six. I believe I was there for 
five or six years. And, um, I, again, I just didn't, I didn't believe and I did not accept. And I would not, I said, absolutely not. I will not accept this diagnosis and I will deal with it and move forward. There was never an option in my head for um, the things they were telling me were true. And I really, you know, your brain can do a lot of things. And um, my, um, my brain and my attitude and the way I approached it, which was just you know, constantly like, no, I'm busy. I have life. I will be living life. And, um, I continually moved forward. Um, I went through all, I went through, boy, I think I had 30 rounds of chemo. I had uh, radiation, I had surgeries and through it all, I worked. I never stopped moving forward as if not as if, because, uh, you know, life was more important than the surgeries, than the treatments. I didn't think that those were life sustaining. I knew I had to do it, but there wasn't even a question in my mind that, you know, I was happy. I was wonderful. I was, you know, had a, a really, really amazing life that I was in the middle of living and cancer was not going to stop me. Wow. So I just kept moving forward without ever, I, I really never gave it a second thought that life would be going on 40 years from then. Oh yeah. Well, it reminds me of watching Dory, right? Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let me tell you when it got hard in there, the just keep swimming suddenly did get important. Yes. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast. We're going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Weersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. Okay, you're back. You're at the edge of your seat. You're like, Anne, oh no, you had all that chemo, all that radiation. You figured out your life was more important. You had to deal with this, the big C, uh, the, the most scary thing that so many of us have lived through or had friends or family gone through. So you then moved out of New York City. Is that when we got so lucky to get you in Denver, Colorado? Well, a lot happened just before that move. And so I am going to move back a little bit into how I ended up in Denver. And it was because, you know, going through the, the treatments, I kept my happy on and it wasn't just a happy face. I kept my happy heart. I kept my smile. I kept my, you know, bright pink dresses. You know, I just really stayed happy for quite a long time. But I'll tell you, that stuff can wear you down. And all of a sudden, about three, four years into it, I started getting sad and I did not understand what that meant. I didn't I didn't understand being sad. And so I really decided that I had to do something about it because I was like, here I am in this wonderful life. I live in New York. Life's wonderful. I hang out with fabulous people. I have a fabulous job. I do what I want. And that did not work for me anymore. I was very sad. So I just jumped off the cliff of, of, joy and have, well, what, what had been joy and happiness and said, I got to change things. So I jumped on an airplane, 
got rid of things and came to Colorado to ski, go to lunch, hang out with people and have a little bit of a calmer lifestyle than the hustle and bustle of New York City. So I, I got to Colorado because of pain, fear, anger, sadness, and absolutely saying, I will not accept that this is my life. My life needs to change so that we can get that happy and back. Right, right. And thank God that you did, sweetie, because I do think it must have been pretty intense being in the fashion industry and especially which is uh, an industry and you talked about this in your story that is so visually concerned about the package and being perfect and being dressed perfect and being skinny and being everything, you know, and here you're like, um, you know, I'm all my hair is falling out, you know, I mean, like, (laughs) sorry, you know, I mean, I think that must have been a tough part of it. It was, you know, I, and again, I didn't realize how hard it was on me. I had such a good spirit and such a good attitude that I was like, oh, my hair is falling out. I'm going to be bald. I'm going to take this cool rock and roll attitude. I didn't fear the changes. I didn't um, let them take me down, but really in your heart, Suddenly, you don't have eyebrows, you don't have eyelashes, you're a very flat palette, you don't have hair. You know, I lived by my smile. I was like, I got a great smile and I got a great personality, and my eyes did sparkle. But after years and years of going through this, and um, a lot of the medications and treatment made me gain weight. I gained, um, it was just consistent three pounds a month, three pounds a month. Didn't matter if I ate salad or pizza, I'd gain three pounds. And um, all of a sudden, I was a much larger size than I had been before. And I was always a size, you know, 12. I've, I've never been a, a small girl. Um, and I always had hips and boobs and, you know, all that good female stuff, and which I viewed in that way. So I had great body image. Um, but going to a size 20 and having you know, losing some of these parts of myself, which, you know, your hair is a part of yourself. I didn't completely feel that way, but that was, I might've been faking it. Fake it till you make it, you know, keep that smile on and keep a good attitude. Yeah. Oh man. Well, you have been through it all. Well, you know, what I love is what I see in you today. Of course, I didn't know your previous snapshot, but I do know the designs I've seen in you. And I know the people that just thrive in your different clothing and different lines. So tell everybody about, okay, now go flash forward to what happened once you got to Colorado and you kind of designed your current brands. Well, I really started with, you know, I moved here and I had been privileged through 20 years or more than 20 years of having clothes around me all the time. And all of a sudden I had to go retail shopping and shopping retail at a size 22 uh, proved to make me very angry. I was angry for all those women out there who had had to be subjected to this their whole lives because as a powerful person, as a confident person, as someone who had a an image and loved beautiful clothing, I was shocked at the bland, shapeless, you know, just these giant potato sacks. There was nothing there to buy. And so after a couple of years of trying to buy things retail, I was like, I'm doing something about this. This is not acceptable. And so that's the Anifesta collection. 
started there because I just wanted something pretty to wear and I couldn't find it. So I developed the Anifesta collection was very focused around a curvier body type. It was very much about high quality, luxurious fabrics, things that were really well made. Um, I think in the plus arena during that time, this is around 2008, 2009, before what I call the curvy revolution was just kind of at the beginning and a size eight was, you know, uh, a standard, but going out there and saying, I want something that's well-made, not, you know, junk, a bunch of junk was available out there. And I wanted something that was sewn well, that was tailored well, that had pretty lines and pretty fabrics and the texture was luscious on my skin. And so that's where Anifesta started. And boy, did it explode into, you know, there were a lot of women who wanted the same thing I did. And I just didn't know that it had been an issue before that. Oh yeah. And me being, you know, one of them always just have had a problem figuring out a great look for a shape that wasn't the model figure that my mom always showed me the Barbie doll. And I was like, not going to happen. You know, <laughs> I love it, mean it, but I, I don't know how she walks with the boobs that big, but you know, it must be working for her in plastic, but uh, not working in human form. Well, so that's why I first knew you from that collection, but then you've gone on and really have innovated the world of sports. So talk a little bit about your sport lines. Yes. Yeah, so I uh, did Anna Fester for a while, which really brought me back to life. I, um, during that time is when I go off of my, uh, medications, I, I started finding my Anne and getting a smile and being happy because I was doing what I love to do, which is make clothes for women and make them look pretty, make them look in a mirror and say, oh my gosh, I am really beautiful. That's always what drives me is for a woman to look in the mirror in whatever I've made for her and just have joy in her heart. And I started um, exercising more here in Colorado and I couldn't find exercise clothes. I couldn't find clothing to wear. And um, I went out on the tennis courts and was trying to play tennis, but I, I couldn't wear anything. There was nothing out there to, to wear. So that Anna Festa developed into Festa Sports and the Festa Sports realm is, wow, it has it's changed my life even in another direction because just my networking, just who I talk with, I'm much more involved in sports. And my, my rule is that if you want to exercise, you should be able to look cute, look pretty, feel good because it makes you stronger. It makes you more powerful. And, uh, you know, you'll go out there and win your match, you know, kick the ball harder. If you feel good in what you're wearing and you're comfortable and you're not tugging at your clothes too tight, too big, flopping around, you're going to do a better job. You are, and, you know, coming from that, what I'm wearing makes me successful and putting it into an actual sports realm. Um, that's, that's what drove me with Festa Sports is if you're wearing something that makes you confident, makes you feel good, you're going to succeed and you're going to win, win more games. Well, yes, I've heard that from girls that buy, you know, their tennis teams buy your entire line. And what I love is they, you can pick a fabric for the team. So everyone matches, but then by your body shape, you can pick the different skirt and the different, for me, length of skirt um, that you're comfortable with at your age to feel your best. So 
as you know, I kind of go with a little bit of the longer ones, but you were showing me the tennis le, le, <laughs> skirts that were a little short for me. Yeah, um, those tennis not, skirts are short. Yeah. And of course, there's people who want them shorter. So, you know, they yeah. want them longer, shorter, more sporty, more flirty. You're girly. I'm more, you know, austere. So everyone should dress for their personality, for their body type, for their comfort. And again, it makes you a stronger human being if you're wearing something that makes you comfortable. Well, I got to say my favorite dress and yours is the same style of dress. And uh, I need it in like six more colors now because it is just beautiful and so form fitting and really great. So thank you for all that in the world. So, so, you know, as you kind of, again, going back to the stew, thank you for sharing the story in the stew, but if you had one thing to say to women and so many of us are going to be touched by cancer, or if it's not cancer, we're touched by another, you know, dis-ease or terrible emotional time of rebuilding and, and change, what would be kind of your sage wisdom you would say uh, to the women listening? Well, I always say that, you know, when life gives you something to cry about, if life brings you down, you should take that and use it to show life all the reasons you have to smile, all the reasons you have to laugh. Um, We all have pain in our lives and to respect the pain, to, to live it, suck it in, cry, fall on the floor because all of a sudden by doing that, you can stand back up again. If you respect the pain and the sadness, then the joy is just that much more. And allow yourself to have hard times so that you can turn around and be like, wow, life is awesome. Life is great. (laughs) So that is good wisdom. And, you know, they say you got to have rain to have a rainbow, right? Exactly. (laughs) um, Well, you were very lucky because we have a new card deck and this is called the Happy Life Connection Card Deck. And so if we were live and sitting in a studio, you would be shuffling these cards yourself. But now I'm going to shuffle them for you. And this is just whoever you're going to get the cards you're supposed to get. And it's just going to be a conversation piece. So the card you got is um, forgive. So it's who, what, where, when, why, and how, and it's lots of different prompts. And the card you got is forgive when. So when in your life has there been a time that you've learned to forgive and maybe who would you forgive as response to the card? Forgive when? Boy, I, my immediate reaction is forgive myself. And we really beat ourselves up. We have so much self-doubt. We have so many things that can make us fault ourselves and say, we're not good enough. So to take our anger at ourselves, our part of ourselves that we think isn't good enough, remember, we are perfect in who we are, even you know, the bad, the good, everything about us creates who we are. So to remember, to forgive ourselves for, you know, every once in a while we trip, we fall, we all make mistakes and don't live by your mistakes. Don't, you know, be hindered by something you did that you might think is wrong. Forgive yourself, say, it's okay. I'm not perfect and move on to the next step, which will just be a a brighter shining light in your life. Oh, and that's the perfect answer. And I think these cards are going to be so much fun. Thank you for being one of the first participants of the new card deck. We're really happy about those coming out. Um, Okay. So 
I know everyone's thinking, how do I find you? How do I get your clothing? How do I get another dress and another color? Okay, that's me. Um, would you please <laughs> tell everyone how to find your contact information? So um, I have two websites. One is anafesta.com, which is A-N-N-A-F-E-S-T-A.com. And the other is festasports.com, which is F-E-S-T-A sports with an S.com. And if you go to those two websites, one of them has much more um, dresses and everyday clothing. And then the sportswear line is, you know, we get some athleisure in there. But those two websites, and then if you get to the website, oh boy, you can find Facebook and Instagram and phone numbers and email addresses. Um, anyone who wants to get to me, I'm at anne, at anafesta.com. Well, that is perfect. And again, thank you so much for being on the show, but also thank you so much for being part of the Camp Experience Network to uplift, inspire, and educate women, and also for being in the stew, smart talk, exceptional women, a juicy, yummy recipe for life and personal success with art and insights just created just for you. Thank you all for listening to Boost Power Podcast. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. So take a big, deep breath and listen to what Anne had to say, right? Her adventure, she had it all. She was on purpose. She was in the top of her game and then had that opportunity for personal growth that changed everything. But on the other side, look at her now in service to the world, in service to women and sharing her story for all of us. Please share this podcast with others who can benefit from our uplifting energy and our great ideas. And please find yourself something something cute on one of Anne's websites. This is your host, Betsy Wearsma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios, and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.